Chocolate. This door looks like dark chocolate. Like some maniacal Willy Wonka fanboy made a door to look like chocolate. Or you know, like a Keebler wannabe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ridiculous? You reach out and push on the handle, only to be startled by the fact that no, this doesn't look like chocolate. This is chocolate. You can see where the warmth of your hand left a smudged imprint in the door. Then look down at your hand as you realize it is now smeared with a sticky, sweet, dark brown residue. You hear a gentle scrape of chocolate hinges and look back up in horror as the door continues to swing open. Jack, you stand in front of the door that leads down into the offices of Mrs. Claus and even lower, the vault that contains Santa. You feel that you're in the right place to find Frosty down below. Yeah, if I feel that, then I'll slowly, silently try to open the doors to sneak down. The stairs feel steeper than they did before. You're confident because you can walk on walls and stuff now, but things feel more precarious. As you come down to the main offices, you see before you, in the same place that you remember Hebler and half and half sitting, sits Frosty, looking concerned and sort of staring into the middle distance, his arms propped up on his knees. Is there anybody else in that room? Not that you can see. I'll whisper to him, uh, Frosty. Mm -hmm. Jack, are you all right? Yeah, and I'll like walk out now that he sees me and he's talked and I'll like just go and meet him and like sit down beside him and put a hand on him and like hug him from the side. He's going to wrap his arms around you and sort of have a moment before he withdraws and goes, what happened? Is everything okay? No. Well, some things are good. Some We defeated uh, the Grimsch mother. She returned. Uh, we, that help, in turn, helped the Keebler elves. We didn't have to fight them. We worked with them to get them back to where they are. But we also found a workshop. And we found some stuff in that workshop that kind of blows my mind. What kind of things? They, and by they, I mean Gloria, Mrs. Claus, ran this workshop and they were working on creating something to replace Santa. And through some digging, we found out that that's how Spruce got here. Gloria made Spruce in a lab? Yeah. And we believe it's to replace Santa. What? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It's what we're here to figure out. We're here to talk to her. 
Have, do you know anything about this? Have you heard? No, but she just sent everyone out of her offices and her chambers, including that weird yellow-eyed kid. And then she locked herself in the vault with Santa. Oh, we got to go, Frosty. And wh- what'd she send him out for? To get milk or something? We got to get in there, though. Actually, she did send one of the deers out to get milk. <sighs> it's not a time. <sighs> Santa might be in danger. I don't know what to tell you. I haven't left this space. This is as close as I can get, but I, I don't know. I. Do you think we could handle it, the two of us? Well, I don't know that we have a choice, but Paco Bell is going to get Hallie and Spruce and bringing them back here, and hopefully they got the rest. Any of the, the reindeer that were left... I don't think Dancer's going to be of any help. That peppermint mule's head has expanded six times. Oh. He's been moved to the front. I knew there was something up with him, Frosty, when we were in there. I knew he had something going on. I wouldn't know what to tell you. Apparently someone wrote a letter of recommendation, and weirdly, Gloria... She went for it. Dasher is despondent. This... I wanted to believe that this was all some kind of mix-up. The more you're telling me, I don't think it is. There's some kind of lock on the door that I haven't been able to get past. If we can figure it out, then we should be able to get in. I'll walk over to the lock. The lock is obviously made of some kind of striped white and red candy. And while there is no keyhole, at the center of it, there is a little circle surrounding some kind of like pinhole. The circle has the engravings with Holly Jolly Blood comes Holly Jolly Entry. Look, I'm not a poet. What do you want from me? <laughs> All right, Holly Jolly Blood. I don't know that I my blood is Holly or Jolly. I don't have blood. Yeah. Hence my predicament. At least I don't <laughs> think I have blood. I'm not super keen on experimenting with that. Yeah, me neither. But for the sake of Christmas, pull out a dagger and prick oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, audience, you're not, you don't have the chat that we do, but Alex literally puts in, say hello because only friends I know can enter here, which is way better than what I put. Um, so just say I said that. Just assume I said that, listeners. It is not long after this that... Pacobel, Dasher, Hallie, and Spruce are going to make it to the gates of the Christmas castle. The soldiers remember uh, what happened last time and let you through with little to no guff. Is there a little guff? There's no guff. There's no guff. Okay, There's you said little to no, and that's a spectrum? I mean, they, you might be getting side-eyed at worst. Oh, I'm going to dagger stare at that motherfucker. Whoever's side-eyeing me... I'm remembering his name. Demerits. Demerits. His name's Demerits. You all are able to get in, and Hallie, you and Spruce haven't seen how chaotic it is in there. You're almost overwhelmed. It's 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 basically the equivalent of the sound, but like people. 
It's like Flight of the Bumblebee, but with elves. Flight of the Bumbledeer, as it were. Uh, I'm just gonna beeline. Try to direct direct Dasher, yeah, towards that waiting room because I know the office is beyond it. Dasher is going to sprint gracefully and with determination. Nobody dashes like a Dasher. Nobody dashes like Dasher. He is going to not only get to and through the doorway rapidly, he is going to leap down the spiral stairs and on the last, like, two feet does his jingle jangle hooves so that he can fly that last foot or two for a delicate landing. Masterful. Yes, Bruce turns to Hallie and is like, that was really cool. Can you do that? Yeah, let's try it. Oh. And Hallie's going to wait for Spruce to like hop up and then try to do the exact same thing. Roll athletics for me. All right. I want so badly for you to just vertical take off, land down the spiral staircase instead. Is <laughs> a 25. Holy fucking shit. Uh, you are able to replicate all of the acrobatic tricks bounding around without stepping on a single elven foot. You also are able to leap down, though you are going to catch yourself a little bit before Dasher does, just because you don't want to cut it that close. Your years of flying are that they've been days, so you don't want to push it. Immediately upon landing, she like looks back at Spruce, like, like doesn't say anything, but the expression is, whoa. <laughs> Spruce is like, whoa. Frosty? Jack, you turn at the sound of two reindeer, one elf and one sort of kind of partial elf bound into the space. I go, whoa. Well, that was impressive. Hey, there's this lock on the door. Mrs. Claus is in there with Santa right now. She's dismissed everyone. She's locked herself in with Santa into the vault. Is a vault? Oh, my Claus. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to run up to the lock and I'm already pulling out tools to try to fuck with it and then I read the inscription. Bruce jumps down and walks up and is like, why didn't you go in? And then just grabs the door. He's locked. As Bruce wraps his hand around the handle, the circle and the inscription within glows. Again, in the multicolor of Christmas lights. The lock undoes itself with a loud and rolls out of the space, allowing Spruce to open the door. Oh, it was locked. Good, good work. <laughs> You're so strong. Dude, it like, wasn't even locked. He just pushes the door open. Pachelbel's looking back at everybody like... Whatever Dasher can do to shrug, he does. He also doesn't understand... He doesn't understand any of the importance of that. Hallie immediately jumps on board with Spruce and is like, yeah, it wasn't even locked. Not for some of us. Jack smiles. You walk in and past Mrs. Claus's office and chambers, down the hall, the long, long hall to the vault. You see already sort of pouring out this incredible overflow of Christmas magic. As you get closer, you can smell baking cookies and a roast goose feast. You can smell mistletoe and pine. You can smell chestnuts and 
punch and eggnog. You feel this incredible warmth, this feeling of safety and love, and you hear sounds. You hear the crinkling of wrapping paper, the laughing of children, the fond conversations of families at the holidays, the crackling of fire. You feel true peace connected to this primordial force that powers your world. Your skin tingles with it. Bell directs Dasher down that hallway. Um, but as he's doing so, he, he does reach back for the the, the Eldritch Cannon uh, and he switches it to be the uh, Force Ballista instead of a flamethrower. As Hallie runs past with Spruce, uh, Jack will bring out one of his daggers and then just hop on the back of Hallie and uh, like just standing up and hold a shoulder hold Bruce's shoulder to balance it um, as we're writing I'm going to turn back to the rest of the group and I'm going to repeat what the sugar plum fairy said uh, just because someone is doing something bad does not mean that they are bad necessarily just remember that Mrs. Klaus has always been good so there might be something else happening yeah it's a misunderstanding I hope so. As you have that final word, you feel an incredible flux of magic. It begins to surge forward. There is something powerful happening within the vault. As you walk in, your eyes are almost blinded by the bright multicolored magic that swirls in the space. At the center is an enormous iridescent but transparent crystal, with Santa Claus sleeping at the base of it. Standing before it, her back to you, is Mrs. Claus. Her shoulders tense slightly. You can tell she senses that you're there. Gloria! She does not turn to you. Gloria, stop what you're doing. You have to. She's going to kind of like turn and her head kind of like lazily tilts to the side as she looks back at you. And what is it you think I'm doing? I don't know, but there's too many things going on that seem naughty. Is it really? If something, if something's been unfair, for so long something's been the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be for aeons setting it right isn't wrong she's going to turn back do you know how all this started what exactly Nick. No, uh, that was before me. (laughs) It was before most of us. He was just a man once. He would make toys for children and 
Anytime we would pass through a village that was suffering from illness or famine, he would do everything he could to make it as right as he could. Once a year, he would make sure he had all the toys he could make. He would spend all year working. And then he would sneakily deliver all of them. People didn't know it was him for years. He got older as time went on. Eventually, I thought that these days were behind him. And then it was this spirit, this what we now know as, as the Christmas magic, some kind of force of something older and more powerful than us. She came and she made him what he is. She changed me as well, so he wasn't alone, but he wasn't a human anymore, which he tried, he tried so hard all the time to make everyone happy. Do you know how long it's been since I've just, since I've just sat with him? since I've just held his hand. Because he's here. And he's here all year. And the one day he's awake, the one day he's gone. And then he comes back and he goes back and it happens all over again. It has been centuries upon centuries. Don't you think it's time for someone else, someone else to do the work, someone else to step up? Let us have our peace. We've. When do we get to have our happiness, our moment, our time? We've given all we've had. This can't be asked of us. Not anymore. There's a long pause and Pucklebelt you can tell that he's like sad and empathetic. And he finally says, but Gloria what do you want to do? Just replace him? That can't be. She's going to take a breath and the emotion behind her voice, you can feel she's trying to cut off. She's trying to distance herself from this moment and she turns and she goes, why not? Why not make this a cycle? Why not make it every few hundred years someone else takes the mantle? Why has... Why should it fall on only one pair of shoulders forever? Um, Mrs. Claus? Uh, what is, 
What did Santa say about it? Miss, there's a kind of person that's very special. They will tell you that everything is okay and that they're fine and happy with how something is because they don't want to hurt anyone else or they don't want to make anyone else sad. They will tell you that they didn't even want the last slice of cake. They didn't even care about what you had for dinner. That they would rather you have something special to them. It's because there's a kind of person that wants joy for people and will sacrifice themselves to do it. Santa is a man like that. I see every year he's more and more tired. The world is so big and it keeps getting bigger. And he's one person. I don't need to ask him because I know what his answer will be. And his answer will be a lie. Santa, Nick. Nick wouldn't be willing to lay down his all, his hammer, his screwdriver, his knife, unless he knew someone else would pick them up. That's why you were born, Spruce. I think Spruce is going to um, turn to Hallie and sort of give her a little scritch on the ear and then walk forward and say, what do you need me to do? No, you don't get to decide, Gloria. Before she even says anything, he's going to turn to Jack and he's going to say, man, the only thing that has ever mattered to me is trying to make people happy. Spruce, this isn't what I meant when I said that you were going to save Christmas. There's a, there's another way. What other way? I don't know, but we, you don't have to give up your life. You don't have to give... It's not giving it up, man. It's fulfilling it. What I'll be doing forever is making people happy. So Paco Bell's going to turn to Jack and just kind of be like, maybe this is what killed Santa. His old age, exhaustion. She's making a lot of sense. I don't agree with how this has been done, but maybe at the end of it, her... Her goals were just. Jack will kind of lean back and look at Spruce. Okay, but only if if it's you choosing it. 
Yeah, man. I get to see you guys anytime I'm awake. I get to make everybody around me happy. That sounds awesome, dude. You are the Christmas spirit, Spruce. And I'll kind of take a step back beside Papa Bell. You know, and maybe we can, I don't know, improve the cycle somehow. Maybe we can do better. Yeah, man. You guys work on that while I'm asleep. Gloria is going to kneel down so that she's about Spruce's height. And she is going to hug him so tightly. And you hear just only Spruce can hear for a moment. Thank you. Thank you so much. In that moment, there will be a surge of magic, blinding and bright and loud. All of your eyes close. When they open, Spruce lays at the base of the crystal. Nicholas, no longer Santa, stands out of it, looking dazed and a little groggy, like we all do after a, you know, 364-day nap. Well, 362-day nap. You feel this sense of the magic receding. Not disappearing, but moving back to where it's meant to be. Just absolute globs of tinsel everywhere, left in the wake of so much magic. Nicholas turns and looks at Gloria. And with a cry, she runs into his arms and begins to sob. The room around you glows slightly. And when you all blink and open your eyes again, you stand outside of the castle within the courtyard with Nicholas, with Gloria, with Dasher, with Frosty, but not Spruce. He's been left behind.